What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Jenna Sargent Barron, news editor at ST Times. Welcome back to another episode of What the Dev. Today, I'm speaking with Mark Prelo, Executive Director at the Overture Maps Foundation, and Dean Kensock, Esri's ArcGIS Content CTO and a member of the Living Atlas team. We're going to be talking about the Overture Maps Foundation and its backstory and mission. So to start off, I'm going to have you both introduce yourself so people can sort of match your voice to your name. Hi, thanks, Jenna. I'm Mark Prelo. I'm, as Jenna said, the Executive Director of Overture Maps Foundation. We'll talk more about that. Uh, but I've been working in the map space for a long time, uh, and I'm very excited about this role. And hi, Jenna. My name is Dean Kensock. I've been with Esri for quite some time. I'm part of our development team based in Redlands, California. And as you said, I'm the CTO for our content development group. Great. It's nice to have you both on today. Let's sort of take a step back and talk about, like, what is the Overture Maps Foundation and maybe a little bit about why it was created? Sure. Yeah, let me take that. I, um, you know, I've been in the job as the executive director with Overture Maps for about six months. But before that, I was at Facebook working on partnerships there. And that's a lot of the work grew out of things that uh, Facebook was doing with companies like Esri and, and Microsoft. Um, the fundamental rationale there is maps have become a, a pretty core part of, of the, certainly the mobile experience and really all kinds of experiences. You see them in every different uh, aspect of life. Um, but the, the, the staggeringly hard part about building maps is building the map data. So if you think about the map data, which underlies the applications, the data is sort of the physical representation of, or the digital representation of the physical world. So if you think about everything in the physical world, how do you represent that digitally? And so capturing that is a staggeringly hard problem to start but then the world has this irritating way of changing and so capturing the changes becomes like an ongoing lifetime effort and and so part of the rationale behind starting overture is if it's that's so hard and has become so hard if we can make that a shared asset where everyone uh, benefits from it but also contributes back to it then what you've done is established a better way of solving that very hard problem and what that does, especially for developers, is it allows them then to use that data and build the software and the applications that most users have come to know and love. It, so it kind of removes the hardest part of that um, and really frees up a lot of creativity in the development community. I know that this is kind of a, a newer initiative. So can you talk a little bit about what you guys have accomplished since first launching last year? Yeah, Overture has only been around less than a year now, and I think actually we've accomplished quite a bit in that time. Uh, the first thing the Overture team did was identify some specific data layers that we wanted to make available to start. And so there were four data themes, boundaries, transportation, buildings, and places that were identified. And then the first thing we did publicly was to create data schemas that were made available for each of those data themes. So the structure of the data that would be made available. And that was done this summer. And then soon thereafter, we started to release data into each of those themes. So we began to aggregate data from a variety of open data sources. 
uh, transfer it into this data schema, and then make it available through cloud repos that developers could download and use. And then just last week, we did a second update of data, um, which includes some additional capabilities and an additional theme, which is our base theme that brings in a number of other data types like land and water that are needed to produce a complete base map. Jenna, let me just add that um, right now, the as Dean said, we've put out two data releases. We'll be coming out with more uh, uh, in the next months. Um, we're, we're regarding these as alpha releases primarily because because date map data changes so often. You have to have be able to expect that on a certain cadence. And when we get to like a monthly release cadence, then we'll call that production ready and ready to go. So the data is there. It can be used. The one caveat we're making for developers is we haven't committed to a, a regular cadence, but we expect to do that in the next few months. So since this foundation is so new, you have a, like kind of an opportunity to kind of shape how things play out in terms of like open map data. So what would you say your vision for the future of map data is? Yeah, so uh, great question. So we. Um, when we were thinking about Overture, and, and as Dean said, we launched it in December, but the the incubation and thought process probably went three years before that, as we, uh, many of the companies were already working in open data, were working collaboratively. Um, but when we started what became Overture, the main thing was uh, we really wanted to focus on what developers needed. And so if you're a developer, you're building mapping applications or location applications, what are the things that you expect to see from uh, from the map, and and there really came out to be like three things, and one was um, the data quality has to be as good as it it can be to support the applications. If you think about map applications ten years ago to today, and think about the quality of experience and what how that's improved, that all has to be represented in data to make those improvements. And as we look forward ten years. We just saw that happening again. And so the data quality has to be able to pull data from all best available sources, combine it. Second thing is is quality validation and checks. Maps, it's very hard to say maps are never wrong, but you really want to minimize mistakes because the world's always changing and people count on it. And then the third thing really was to put it out in um, the stable schema that Dean mentioned, but also provide linkability. And, and that becomes maybe one of the key things um, map data is stacks of data. If you think about a building, you can think about the building footprint, the 2D footprint, but then it has a height, then it has a use, it's at an address. You might have a flood risk uh, uh, thing attached to it. You might have tax things. You have all this data that attaches or links to physical um, entities. And so that linkability for developers is really key to building these compelling applications. And building on that, one of the capabilities that was introduced with our October alpha release was the introduction of something called GERS, you know, Global Entity Reference System. So the idea with GERS is to support the linkability that Mark is describing by assigning a stable, unique global ID to each entity in a data theme. So for example, each building or each place would get its own GERS ID. And what's useful about that is it allows developers and other GIS professionals to combine disparate data sources, linking them with that GERS ID. So 
they don't need to be physically joined together. You can on the fly even connect two different data sets using a common GERS ID and do very interesting use cases with that. What sort of like applications or use cases can developers create uh, if they're like kind of uh, building off this this data set? Yeah, that, it's a it's a huge and, and actually it's interesting because I think uh, Esri and Dean, the company Dean works for Esri deals with a certain group, and then I come more out of the tech, um, you know, the the Facebook world. In and so maybe we can answer this twice or uh, differently. Uh, I think the the consumer apps that you most commonly see, you know, local discovery is a huge one if you think about searching for things around you. Routing and navigation is a huge one. Increasingly, if you think about companies in the logistics business, whether they're delivering packages or food or people in ride sharing, all those things are driven on on maps. And uh, and then in the sort of advertising end of things, a lot is working on you know how we connect people to local businesses and things like that. So those are the things you might see on your smartphone. Um, Esri deals with a whole huge other category of people who are using it for analytics. Dean, maybe you can comment on that. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these use cases boil down to visualization use cases, which most consumers are doing day to day. Uh, but then analysis is a large and growing part of the geospatial community. So with the overture data providing a strong foundation of open data, you can then combine other sources of data to do interesting types of analysis. Uh, that could be uh, network analysis, where you're you're tracing routes and using attributes that you can attach to the routes. So, for example, one of the layers I mentioned, the themes, was transportation. So there's a global road network. Soon, those roads will all have stable IDs on them. That will allow traffic providers or local governments who have information about the conditions of those roads or road closures or other information to easily attach that. And then developers can build applications on top of that without having to build all the infrastructure themselves. It sounds like you're both very like passionate about this project. So can you share maybe like the one thing that you're most excited about when it comes to the Overture Maps Foundation? Sure. And and uh, I am. I'm, I'm like inordinately excited about this project. <laughs> but um, I, I think that 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 for me, um, you know, one of the things that, that I'm most excited about is the industry has really realized that as maps have gone along and, you know, if, if think about if you're a consumer and you think about the quality of application you're getting now compared to what it was 10 years ago, that doesn't happen magically. That happened because the data got better and, and people started ex raising their expectations. And, and, but the problem becomes now you get this growing amount of data and you're having to bind that or, or link it to all these disparate base map data sets. And so the really exciting thing, I think, for the whole industry is if we can establish a common open set of base maps, then all of a sudden it really supports that expanding growth of data on top. And, you know, if you think about like in any category where that's going, you think of autonomous driving, you know, the, the precision, the lane level detail, the information about grade and, and, you know, that level of detail is just huge. And that's just one category. So linking that to common base layers starts to make the system, you know, much more expandable for the future as it goes forward. And I, I just think like, as I've talked to probably 300 companies, 
the strategic element of this resonates with virtually everyone. It, it, it just makes so much sense in the industry. Yeah. I think for me, um, I'm excited to see what developers and other professionals do with the data. In my role as a content CTO, what I'm primarily doing is making information products available to others for them to build you know, maps and applications that solve very specific world, real world problems. And I always go into it with a, a concept of what those uh, problems they might solve will be, but I'm invariably surprised by all the unique things they do with this. So I think the fact that we're building this open data foundation, so we're removing a lot of barriers to entry, we're distributing the data in a way that anybody can access freely and use very openly uh, in perpetuity, uh, it's going to unlock a lot of capabilities that have been difficult to do before. And the fact that we're integrating all these data sets and combining these uh, GERS IDs is going to make it very extensible. So I think the capabilities of this are going to unlock a lot of potential. And I expect over the next couple of years, there'll be some amazing apps that developers build. That's a great point, you know, Dean, because a lot of times, because the data is not open, the licenses that it carries with it are very specific to certain use cases. And so the creativity is kind of constrained by what you're allowed to do with the data. And, and I think, I, I think, you know, what we've seen and actually have already seen is when you take that away, people think up things that no one ever had thought of before. And uh, I, I think that's really exciting for us and, and hopefully exciting for developers as well. We're just about out of time for this episode, but before we end this, can you share like a key takeaway from this conversation that you would want our listeners to leave with? I think for me, um, there's a large and growing geospatial community. I would like them to start thinking about some of the use cases they could uh, deploy given the availability of this data. And then also to think about how they can take data that they're managing themselves and how they can enrich that data with GERS IDs and the other information. So uh, GIS professionals, I think, will see an opportunity now to get much more value out of the data they're already building. And I think app developers will see opportunity for new use cases, given the combinations of those things. Yeah, and I just, I, I'd echo that. And, and the only thing I'd add is, watch this space over the next few months. I think this is going to be something. Uh, last week, we rolled out a data set that had some of the first GERS IDs on them. And what you'll see over the next few months is progressively building on that and that concept. So if you're an owner of spatial data or you want to use things, just stay in touch with us over the next few months. I think we'll see really exciting things. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of watch how this project grows well, that's all for this episode. Thank you both for joining me to talk a, a bit about the project and sharing more about the organization. Thank you, Jenna. Great to talk to you.